a cartoonist named Mark Anderson recalls an experience he had working at his old job in an office building. The company that he used to work for hired a new manager. And when this new manager was introduced in a morning meeting, the manager ended his introduction by telling them, remember, my door is always open. So after waiting a few days to let this new manager get settled in, Mark decided that he would go up to his office and just stop by and introduce himself and, and just say hello. So Mark went up to the manager's office and knocked on the aforementioned open door, and he began to introduce himself. But he was quickly interrupted by the manager and told that if he needed anything, he should make an appointment with his secretary, and then he would be glad to help him with whatever it was he needed. Needless to say, Mark never tested this open-door policy again. But he did suggest that what that manager should have said at that first meeting was, remember, if you can get past my secretary, my assistant, and my security, my door is always open. In Christ's letter to the Christians at Philadelphia, he tells them that he has opened a door of salvation to them. And this open door by Christ is not merely a polite formality. After going through one of the harshest letters last week, today we are focusing on a letter with a completely different tone. Jesus doesn't rebuke these Christians for anything, but he only assures them of their salvation. And Jesus gives us this same assurance. Christ has opened the door to heaven for us. Christ is the only one who can open this door, and not only does he open it for us, but he guides us through it. Jesus begins his letter to the Christians in Philadelphia by telling them some things about himself. He tells them that the words they are receiving from him are coming from one who is holy and true. Jesus is showing them or reminding them that he is God, and as God, he has all the power of God. Jesus tells them in the letter that he is the one who holds the key of David. What he opens, no one can shut, and what he shuts, no one can open. These words are taken from the book of Isaiah. In Isaiah, they are used in reference to a man named Eliakim. God gave these words to Eliakim when he named him the palace administrator over the, over the kingdom of Judah. He became the treasurer, or the steward, over the royal household, the house of King David. In having these keys, he had control over all the wealth of the kingdom. In the faithful performance of his duties, he, he would uh, bestow this wealth upon people, he would distribute to people, or he would withhold it according to his will. God tells him that what he shuts, no one can open, and what he opens, no one can shut. He had the final say, the final authority on the distribution of this wealth. Jesus has a key to a treasury far richer than all the riches of Judah. Jesus has the keys to the treasures of heaven. These treasures are all the spiritual blessings which God imparts on his believers. Chief among these blessings are forgiveness, life, and salvation. Jesus alone has the power to bestow or withhold these blessings. 
Jesus alone has the power to open or close the door to these blessings. And Jesus tells us that when he shuts the door, no one can open it. We cannot, by our own strength, in any way, open this door. If you were to ask people why they thought they were going to heaven, you'd get a variety of different answers. Assuming that they thought they were going, their reasoning would usually involve some kind of works or, or meriting it. You would probably hear an answer like, well, I think I'm a pretty good person. I've been a good father, good mother, a good neighbor. Or a lot of times you might hear people compare themselves to someone worse. They might say, well, I haven't killed anybody. Or, I'm a lot better than Joe Schmo down the street. He left his wife and family. You've had thoughts like this, haven't you? We all like to think of ourselves as good people. We know what the Bible tells us about our good works. It tells us that even our righteous acts are like filthy rags. But don't we still sometimes have that false sense of confidence or that, that false pride in ourselves because of our good deeds? Do we ever have that thought that, that there's some good in us that Jesus didn't have to die for? Maybe we even take it a step farther and we think there's some good in us that even deserves some reward from God. But this self-confidence in our good deeds only confirms why this door to heaven is shut on us or deserves to be shut on us in the first place. Our good deeds are not the key to this door. They could never open it. In fact, when our good deeds are done to somehow merit salvation, they just work to further shut that door. When we try to earn salvation apart from Christ, we are trying to force open a door that Christ has shut. And this is a struggle in vain. In our gospel lesson for this morning, Jesus shows us that image of many people being shut out from heaven. On Judgment Day, there will be many people who will have the door to heaven closed on them. And included in these people having this door shut on them, there will be many upstanding citizens, many people that look good, at least in the eyes of the world. And meanwhile, there will be many people who weren't such upstanding citizens, some people who made some pretty big mistakes in their life, and they will walk through this door to heaven. There will be people walking through this door like those sinners and those tax collectors that Jesus was often criticized for associating with when he was on this earth. And those people left on the outside will likely point to their good works and say, well, that's not fair. How can they get in but not us? They will hold up their good works as if they were trying to buy their way in. And like that homeowner in that parable, Jesus will turn to them and say, I don't know you. Your good works are no good here. That door to heaven is open only through Christ and the word that proclaims him. Jesus tells the Christians in Philadelphia, See, I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. You have kept my word and have not denied my name. These Christians in Philadelphia had the most important thing. They had the one thing needful. They had kept the word. 
They kept the word that proclaims our Savior, who has won salvation for us. Jesus is the unfailing source of forgiveness, life, and salvation. This door to heaven being opened doesn't depend on the strength of God's people, but it depends only on Christ. Jesus tells us, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Because of Christ's sacrifice, you have a door to heaven wide open for you. Christ not only opens this door to heaven for us, but he guides us through it. He sees to it that no one shuts it on us. Jesus tells us in this letter, I will also keep you from that hour of trial that is going to come upon the whole world to test those who live on this earth. So what is this hour of trial that Jesus says is going to come? This is all those trials and temptations that will precede the second coming of Christ. Jesus' disciples once asked him what will be the signs of the end times. They wanted to know what outward signs will there be that they will know that judgment day is coming. And Jesus tells them that there will be wars, famines, earthquakes, persecutions against Christians. There will be an increase in wickedness, and the love of many will grow cold. Does any of this seem familiar? Have you turned on the news lately? We are in those end times right now. Times of trial and testing come to every generation of believers. But look at Christ's promise. He tells us that he will keep us from that hour of trial. Jesus isn't promising that difficulties and challenges to our faith won't come. He tells us that they will. But he promises to guard and preserve us through them. He promises to strengthen us to get us through those difficult times. He promises that we won't suffer spiritual harm. He promises that we will not be tempted beyond what we can bear. If you were to look around your home, you would probably see a lot of unfinished projects. There might be those shelves in the garage that you were supposed to build, but then that project ran out of time or money. There might be that book you started reading in the summer, but when fall started and work and school picked up again, you kind of just ran out of time. There might be that scrapbook or model airplane or puzzle or whatever it would be that you started working on, but you kind of lost your enthusiasm for it. And now it just sits half completed. But God is not like this. God leaves no project unfinished. He completes what he starts. God didn't just put faith in our hearts and then leave us to fend for ourselves. But he gave us his Holy Spirit to strengthen and keep us in that faith. He saw the project through. He gives us the strength to get through all these difficulties in life. And then when the time is right, according to his holy will, he will usher us safely into heaven. There is no part of this process that we can take credit for. God has done it all for us. Christ has opened the door to salvation for us, and we can't even take credit for walking through it. Jesus tells us some of the blessings that are waiting for us on the other side of this door. 
He tells us that he will write his name on us in God's name. We'll be marked as God's. We'll belong to him forever. We will live with God in this holy city, this new Jerusalem. We'll be citizens of heaven. We will never again have to leave it. God has opened the door to the treasures of heaven for us. And because of this, we no longer need to fill our lives with the vain treasures of this world. What joy or pleasure could this world possibly give us that is not far surpassed by all the riches of heaven? So let us honor and thank God. Let's live as though we know every day of our lives that we have an open door to heaven. God has assured us of eternal life with him. There is nothing that we need to fear. He has provided all that we need. God has bought us by Christ's sacrifice on the cross. He has claimed us as his property. And that means hands off to our enemies, to sin, death, and Satan, these enemies that would want us as their own. Christ's victory over these enemies is our victory. You have the blessed assurance that that door to heaven which Christ has opened, no one can shut. Amen. And the peace of God, which surpasses all human understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen.